0: Welcome to this bonus episode of Startups with the Rest of Us. I'm Rob Walling, and today I'm chiming in to let you know that Tiny Seed applications for our next batch are open. They close in a couple weeks on February 19th. So if you or someone you know might be interested in the right amount of funding for Bootstrap, SaaS, amazing mentorship, world-class community, all the support you need to get there faster, you should head to tinyseed.com slash apply. And that's it for the key takeaway of today's bonus episode. But I also wanted to include the audio from a live stream I did yesterday with a couple other Tiny Seed folks, our program director and program manager. And we answered audience questions about Tiny Seed, about the program, anything that someone is wondering about, we talked it through. And what's amazing is even after doing a lot of these live stream Q&As, we still find that there are interesting and informative questions being asked. And each time we think, well, we'll probably get through these in about half an hour. And by the end, we're just racing to answer all of them. So the session had a lot of energy. And if you're interested in learning more about Tiny Seed, even if you don't plan to apply, it'll be a fun listen. And if not, delete it. And I'll be back with your regularly scheduled programming next Tuesday morning, US time. And with that, let's roll right in to our Tiny Seed Q&A. And we are live. I love that Tiny Seed theme. Song. I love it so much. I'm, it's such a pump-up song. <laughs> I'm here. It's like Eye of the Tiger. I'm your host, Rob Walling, and I am here with Tracy Osborne.
1: Yep. Hey, I'm happy program, to be here. Super program director, happy. Tiny mm-hmm. Seed,
0: and Alex McQuaid. Hello.
2: Super excited
0: to be here as well. Program manager for our EMEA program. We have a lot of good questions. Looks like people are piling into the stream. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is our fourth or fifth time we've done this and every time we think a there's not going to be a lot of people that show up and we're always wrong and just be B, <laughs> there won't be enough questions and we're always wrong right so this will be feels fun. like we
1: just did this like last month time is totally it does, doesn't it yeah mm-hmm. i
0: always leave here feeling energized and excited so applications opened three days ago tracy you want to talk about? what day a little is it about? it's monday it is, yeah it is wednesday yeah
1: Oh, sorry. The application's open on Monday. Today is Wednesday. Speaking of time (laughs) flying. Yeah, um, our application round... Applications are open. So we're taking applications for our spring 2023 batches. That's Americas and EMEA open on Monday and uh, they go through February 19th, which I think is a Sunday, Sunday at midnight, um, Eastern time. We'll be closing applications and then we'll be starting the big review process. So um, if anyone is applying, uh, just FYI, you have the ability to save your application. So you can start your application anytime um, during this period. You just have to make sure it's submitted by
0: that uh, February 19th uh date. Save your application at any time. Brand new super <laughs> awesome functionality built. That's a fancy Averil feature. Tracy makes. You want yeah. to talk about the new application we built? Yeah, we uh um, we might have
1: we've been talking about application systems for a while, I think on our on our live streams and when we're talking about startup ideas, we've always wanted an application system. Uh, you know, we've really wanted to improve the user experience for the folks applying for the program. So we have a new application system this round, testing it out and working really well. So it's um, it's a lot prettier, hopefully easier to use, has that save functionality. Uh, it's a little goofier too, which is, I think, a, a fun, lots of little fun little touches we put into the system this round. So yeah, new application round, check it out.
0: Stoked. A system, rather. Alex, before we dive into questions, anything you want to add about uh, the Amia batch? I know that you know. Last time we added a, second, we were going to do one Amia batch per year, and then we got so many applicants. I
2: was to say two. that that was our that was our big announcement last round. Yeah. It was two rounds. Uh, I would just say that I think it was the right decision. Um, our second batch was just as exciting as the first. The Amia program is is strong and growing. If you are in Europe, Middle East, or Africa um, come join us. Uh, yeah, we've got a really strong group, uh, and I'm excited to, uh, to keep it going. Yes. I awesome. see that
1: little comment. New application system is five star. That makes me so happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, amazing. Tracy makes spend a lot of time on that. It's great.
1: Yeah. You can All see right. my former life was a designer, so, uh, I was able to really fuss with it
0: dial it in mm-hmm. cool well let's uh, let 's dive a little bit into questions. We have a lot of them coming in. I want to make sure we cover them all today. First question, what are some of the things um, oh what, what are some of the things that oh, uh, do we want to start with that Tracy? do we want to start with the the other topics or should I dive into um,
1: Hey, let 's talk, let's talk about let 's talk about the application's just continue the little story about the application system. Kay. I think um, a little bit. I think it's really illuminating for us to go over some of the things that we value during Mm -hmm. applications, things that we're looking for. Um, and if I, you don't mind, I'm just going to lead off, you know, we'll do a brief overview here. Um, we do also have a blog post. It's, what is it called? What are the best fit startups for the tiny seed accelerator? So if you want to read it in full, we've listed out some of like the top things we're looking at in each application. So things like, uh, what's your revenue? Because tiny seed is a, um, the program focuses on helping startups scale, not find necessarily product market fit, or you know find their idea or really establish idea. So we're working for looking for folks who are generally above 500 in MRR um, at the time of application, um, and that goes that can go actually way up. So the minimum is 500 MRR. If you're at like you know. Zero MRR, you're just testing out your idea. Probably isn't the right time to apply for Tiny Seed. Uh, you still can um, and get on our radar and submit for uh, applications once the company has grown to the level we can start scaling. But those are some of the things we're looking at. Number uh, first is where you are in revenue revenue levels, so that the program works for you and helps you scale, and you're at the place where you can really um, take advantage of the things that we've built. So that blog post has it um, has in full. What are some other things that you want to
0: call out? No. I want to piggyback on that and say that, you know, you don't need product market fit to apply. Because if you're at 1,000 MRR, right, often right. you have very weak, very weak if, if not any. So we do help people strengthen product market fit mm-hmm. and, and scale up. And we've had, uh, we've accepted folks from, like you said, in that 500 to 1,000 MRR range all the way up to 100,000
1: 100. MRR. Mm-hmm.
0: The biggest company that's ever put part. So that, that gives you an idea of the you know the range. range. <laughs> the other things, and and we look at like, are you SaaS? Like, are you a software tool, not you know eighty percent consulting? Because we'll have agencies mm-hmm. apply and say we have all this revenue, but it's like it's or all physical product, product right? which physical is like because yeah. mm-hmm. we 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 want to back companies we can help, and we are mm-hmm. really we are world class at this one little thing, and it's SaaS B two B SaaS, right? We have evaluated. Um, like B to C is always on the edge and we kind of never do it because the churn's too high and the price point's too low. Um, so we like to lo- see MRR. We like to see growth rate. We like to see, uh, you know, is this probably in a niche that's not going to be commoditized? Um, there We're not scared of competition, but you can see, you know, certain trends in certain spaces where it's like, ooh, there's a lot of open source in that, you know, so we may we may want to back away. But the Tiny Seed Q&A drinking game is, I say, Sunday, 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 so you can remember when applications in. and this time it's Sunday. Not this Sunday. Not this not Sunday, 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 but the next yeah. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And if in doubt, fill it out. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If you're in doubt, you can ask questions like, should I apply? My answer is going to be probably, because it really, it takes about 10 to 15 minutes for you to apply. It takes us a minute or two to review. So if you're in doubt, you can certainly ask, but if in doubt, I would say fill it out. With that, let's dive into our first audience question. Ranma on YouTube says, hey, thanks for putting this together. How do we answer the ARPU, average revenue per user, uh, customer lifetime value? How many customers do you have if we have a business that is transitioning to a SaaS model, but it has prior revenue? As I can tell, we
1: like metrics.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. so We're very metrics metrics. focused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say what I think, and I'm curious if you two agree with me. So I would say, put in your SaaS or software numbers and metrics And then we have a MRR clarification text field. And you can just put, in addition to this, we have consulting revenue, blah, 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 right? Just put it Mm -hmm. out. We are humans reading this. It's not some AI. We will read through the application. So I would tend to want the software metrics to be at the forefront as I skim down it. And then something added. Alex, do you agree?
2: Yeah, and I would say uh, that's a, that's what I how I'd answer the question. I would also add we sometimes get a similar question. What if my business is B two C, but I'm adding or I've, I've started to add a B two B side of the business? And obviously, you said you're focused on B two B SaaS businesses. Um, likewise, I would say uh, share that with us. Um, what's the what are the metrics for the B two B side of the business? Uh, how much revenue have you started to generate there? You can also share the B two to c side we'd like to hear that but we'll we'll primarily be interested in hearing what traction you've gotten on the b2b side so um, yeah i think the the mrr clarification field is the right place to kind of just give us some context um uh, we'd love to hear what you're doing and and some background
0: all right next question from plugged in on youtube how many people apply and how many people get in so we don't publicly release uh, detailed numbers. I will say we've had, I forget if it's like mm, several thousand, 3,000 mm-hmm. applicants, but that's across all of the batches. Mm-hmm. We accept around 2% of applicants. Maybe? Yeah, I was going to say it's 3%. Somewhere in yeah. that range. It's like 2 mm-hmm. to 3% get in. So more exclusive than Harvard University. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I like, you know, again, our... We're looking for folks that can take advantage of the program who can really benefit from the education and things that we put out there. So it's not like you know 100% of those folks are good fit and we're really narrowing down to those those um, uh, that tiny percentage. you know I look at that blog post, kind of you can you know again see what we're looking for in terms of applications. And you know in terms of best fits, um, the, obviously the folks that are best fits are trying to the acceptance rate is a lot higher.
0: Yep. That's true. All right. Plugged in. Nope, nope, nope. All right. Chad on YouTube. Do you fund companies that are direct competitors of a portfolio company? Mm-hmm. So we have funded 107 companies, give mm-hmm. or take. Yeah, yeah. Right. 105, 107. <laughs> By in the next two years, we will be over 200. So it, we will inevitably... Inevitably, we will have to back companies that are competitors. Now, there are some exceptions. A, we've tried really hard not to back two competitors in the same batch, and in fact, to date, we have not. The other thing is, we, there are some spaces that are small, and I think if if you know, let's say you're an email service provider or your ERP, these are massive, massive spaces. Could we back three, four competitors and all of them can win? Yes, but if you're talking like. Scheduling software for dry cleaners or just some ra- it's like that's probably a pretty small niche, and I would personally be resistant to doing that. So the answer is yes, but it depends on the specifics.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get this. Yeah, you know, we've the previous question we didn't um we said like three percent. I should say we were looking at about 30 companies across Americas and Mia per, per per um per round, I would say, for the spring 2023 round, approximately 30 companies in total. So that does mean like, you know, if we're going to be doing that twice a year, uh, so 60 companies per year, then of course we're going to be looking at competitors, um, especially as the years go on. And uh, I think we have a lot of things in place to make sure that we, for anyone who might have like small uh, overlaps with other portfolio companies, to make sure that we can, you know, Uh, provide both of them the best support and the best advice and everything to help them both grow. And I should also say that during the application system, of course, we're going to be seeing data from folks who are uh, competitors within the application system. People are applying who are competitors to current portfolio batches and they just want to ask us questions and the application system itself is also completely confidential we do not share any of the information that comes in through your applications we don't share that with anyone um outside of the immediate program team which just is the, the three of us, us as well yeah. Mm-hmm. It, yeah three of us and a narval who is um uh the other uh, partner of tiny so just want to be sure that if you're a competitor to any of our portfolio companies and you're applying that the information that's on your application is completely confidential
0: Question from Devin Perrick. We've applied in the past, but feedback has been that our revenue traction wasn't where it needed to be. That said, is there a sweet spot for current MRR and year-over-year growth? What do you think, I Alex? It depends, right? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs>
2: one. I, say, I don't, have a, I don't have, I have a sweet spot number. It, I know. it does depend, doesn't it? It's tough. It depends on where you were. It depends on, um, I think it also depends on... Um, you know what you're working on. That's another interesting part of the application. There's a uh, a field about you know your customer acquisition uh, funnel where you can kind of share the, what you're doing, um, and that gives us more context on what direction you're headed. So I don't know. I, I feel like I don't want to opt out of this question, but I don't. I don't have a specific number in mind.
0: Yeah, I think for My me, focus, each of us. There's four of us. Well, there's four of us who review, and each of us mm-hmm. has, I think, different criteria, which is good, right? There's diversity of opinion there. I start to feel uncomfortable when like MRR is below a thousand. I'm not saying we don't, we, we have funded companies below thousand, but it makes me, it's like, that's really early. But we There have has to be
1: other fund. factors, right? It's yes. like, you know, what has the team done in the past? And right. uh, what are the, some of the things that they might've done that not that's not relating to revenue, but might be still contributing to growth? You know, that, so there's like factors that would make us- more comfortable with a pre one thousand, but in general, yeah,
0: makes <laughs> them comfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think once you hit two or three thousand MRR, I start to feel like, all right, they, they've, mm-hmm. they've landed some stuff. As long, but then it's like, well, we've had companies apply with three thousand MRR and they have one customer paying them three thousand. It's like, okay, so now I'm less comfortable. You know, this is where the it depends happens. For me, though, in between that two and three, up to about. I'd say most recently about 40K MRR, 40 or 50 is where we've been funding. I think if you're above 40 or 50, we should probably talk about you uh, using our syndicate to get funded unless you really want to be part of the accelerator. And then in terms of growth, I've got to be honest, we don't, we don't really look at year over year. We look at month over month growth. We asked for your previous six months of MRR. and yeah. um, Kind of filled out that. If, if you've applied before in previous rounds, this is a one of the
1: few new fields where we're asking for each month for the last six months what your MRR, MRR is. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can
0: on YouTube asks, have you funded companies that are still in the product development stage pre-revenue? Gender
1: we have.
0: <laughs> we're yeah, not doing it now. now. <laughs> the, the, and the problem is it <laughs> You you think you're gonna get to growth next month or six months, and it's actually three years. Like, uh, you know, Which we is find fine, it,
1: but yeah, might not don't be, apply yet. The timing's the, not good. Yeah, the calls, yeah. the mentors we bring in, we're all gonna be talking about things that are gonna be growth age, and you know, it's not to be listening to those calls and not be able to apply the things that we're teaching immediately because you're still working on that initial set of customers. Like the yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, the nice thing is, you know, we have two batches per year so the wait time for the next batch isn't that long six months from now um you know if you're post-revenue and you you have traction then it's a great time to apply
0: can Med on youtube asks for pre-revenue companies how should we address revenue churn and customer churn I
1: want to say that those are text fields, so you can put it as zero, and we'll zero just you know interpolate points. from the fact that the, if your MR is zero, then we're not we're just not, probably not even going to be looking at those fields. So you can put okay. in whatever
0: DJ Enzo, or it might be Genzo. I think it's DJ Enzo two forty gamer. Ooh, that's a heck yeah. of <laughs> a yeah. handle on YouTube. It. Is B to B to C accepted, Alex McQuaid? What do you think?
2: B to B to C, yes, I would. Um, Context, but yes, I would think we'd want to see your application.
0: Definitely, yeah. Yep,
2: please apply.
0: Yeah, same uh, username. I won't say it again. Is two hundred and twenty thousand dollars <laughs> the max <laughs> funding? So you, if you go to tinyseed.com/program, you can look at our funding terms. Yeah. And we talk Slash about it.
1: FAQ jumps straight to the bottom
0: of the page where it has more details about those funding terms. Yeah. So we invest mm-hmm. between 120 and 220,000 per company for 10 to 12 percent equity. Um, there have been some exceptions, like let's say the company that applied at 100,000 MRR, we we went slightly above 220. Yes. Yeah. So it's as as with all these things, we are humans and it depends a little bit, you know, depending on how, how much success you had. If you're doing 1000 MRR and want to come in and and raise 250k from us. That's not not going to be a fit. But obviously, if you're big or growing very quickly, we you know we do have some room to talk about it.
1: Yeah, we all we discuss these things with uh, the founders that are when we give the offer, we will have this discussion, um, and we'll give we'll give our best offer. there the you know the, the discussions can continue after the offer too. So we set what we think is fair. Discussions can continue. There is some wiggle room, but in general, if you're looking for five hundred thousand, you probably want to go to the tiny seed syndicate instead, or you know other numbers.
0: Right, and you need to have the the progress to do to be there. And I would say mm-hmm. that most of our, like a vast majority of our offers, if you're in that kind of sweet spot MRR range, it's a standard offer, you know, and it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, we again, we have funded one hundred and seven companies. We cannot negotiate individual term sheets. We can't negotiate individual terms. Our terms are standard. We have docs that again, 100-something founders have signed and they've been vetted and switching those would be, you know, very difficult to keep track of. Let me
1: jump jump in one more thing because, you know, sometimes people want to negotiate the percentage we take as well. And sometimes people say like, hey, this seems higher than a typical angel investment. And it's because of the Tiny seed program, because of that year-long accelerator, because of the, everything you get through the program is one of the reasons why, you know, on first, at first glance, that percentage we take Seems like it could be higher than a typical angel investment.
0: Right. That's a good point. It's the value, our valuation is lower. We are not the cheapest money you will receive, no doubt. You can go to the dentist or the doctor down the street and absolutely raise money at maybe 2x the valuation we're giving. Our value is not in the money we bring. That's part of it. But our value is mm-hmm. what Tracy's talking about, which is world-class mentors, tinyc.com slash people, and look at the mentor list. Like, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's a who's who of B2B SaaS founders. Yeah. Like, you, you will have access to them. You'll have access to me and Ann Volset, Tracy and Alex, like, uh, a kickoff retreat in person where we hang out for two and a half days. Um, it's It'll blow yeah, your Yeah, the community, so like we're at
1: over 200 founders now within the Tennessee community. Uh, so not including the team and the mentors and whatnot, we have just this, this, this huge list of other star founders that are all going through the same thing um, together. And uh, so yeah, definitely the value is in the community, the mentorship, the advising, the resource that we can give. And then like, you know, funding is great, but is definitely like, after like those
0: fourth on the list mm-hmm. for most founders. Yeah. So they're like, oh yeah, the money's great. But the real long-lasting value is this year-long accelerative No one else does a year-long accelerator program, right? And and we do that. Alex, I just mentioned the kickoff retreat that we do in person. We do Ooh, what, two, two yes. a year in Europe and two in America. Do so you want to talk just briefly about what
2: that uh, entails? Where Here's to start? The kickoff yeah. retreat personally is is one of my favorite parts of the program. I mean, there's a lot to to compare it to, but it's a really fun part of the program uh, with a ton of value. So uh approximately within a few weeks of when the program starts we have a kickoff retreat we bring together everyone who's available to a location um and we have dinners we have masterminding we have uh activities and the kickoff retreat um it has a few it has a few goals in mind one it's just a it is a good time but two it's to start building relationships with the other founders in your batch um, part of the goal, one of the goals of Tiny Seed, is for you to be building this relationship with other founders. These are founders who are going to be, you know, helping you over time, giving you feedback on your business, especially within your batch. These are people that you trust and um, that are, yeah, just able to understand what you're working on and and uh, and uh, be there alongside you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kickoff retreat has that goal, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's an incredible value. We mastermind half the day, so we spend time digging into your business. Uh, Going over what your biggest challenges are, and uh, on top of our team, you have a room full of founders who are just providing feedback based on uh, their experiences, their advice. It's uh, it's a ton of value, and then we go out and we do these social activities. Uh, We what have we done? We've done. uh, It's like half work, half
1: play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, always got to have a fun thing.
2: Yeah, I think the upcoming
1: one. We're working on the one that's going to be happening for Americas. Um, We're going to have separate ones. Like, Americas is going to be in uh, April. Uh, Mia kickoff batch will be in May. And as the person who's running the Americas one, I think we're looking at indoor skydiving. Uh, Rage Room, where I guess you just go in. Yeah, Rage Room. The the Rage Room, where you just go in and smash things. Go hard this last Mm -hmm. time. And then i already volunteered very strongly for leading
0: the zip lining uh Zip-lining. Crew. <laughs> yeah and we did yeah. we did hot air ballooning once we do boat trips yeah, we do fine. you know and it's just a few hours in the afternoon where we keep you kinda you keep talking about work, you keep talking mm-hmm. about your business. So it's it's not like we're you're screwing off in the afternoon. You're just able to mix it up and have an activity and continue. Yeah, have an experience up. together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. We find the mastermind kind of continues into the activity. Yep. People think later like, oh, you know, I remember you were discussing you had this issue. Like, I just had an idea come to mind. Have you tried this? Uh, right. So it's it's a great way to do that.
0: People founders come away from it raving, just like I had mm-hmm. no idea how valuable. Already, you know, we someone told us last time like, if I knew how valuable this would be, this was like makes the whole year for me. Just these two and a half days of like just ch- totally changed the way he was thinking about his business. Ron has posted that a couple of people are producer asking Ron. about producer Ron, thanks. Uh, <laughs> asking about the next round of applications will be open after this one. So if someone's pre-revenue now and they want to get to the point where they can apply. Tracy, do you do we have an idea because we run twice we a year? We have a date.
1: I'm not going to it's, it's still it still could be changed, um, but it would only change within the weeks. But right now the fall 2023 applications are going to be starting in early September. So, probably on if you're in the US or Canada on Labor Day uh, and going for two weeks, just like this round. Uh, that could move back and forth for like a week, just depending on how things roll through the
0: summer. But um, essentially, it's got to be early September.
1: Early September. Excellent. And then that batch, that batch will be starting
0: in November. Paolo on YouTube asks Our company operates fiscally in the US. We're a Wyoming LLC. We work physically in Europe, in Italy, and we have applied for Tennessee to Americas. Is that a
2: problem? Can I take this one? Yep. I don't want to steal. I don't want to steal. Crazy, <laughs> but I'm. Yeah, gonna, I know. Paolo, but you come are. On over. You
1: are. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I my can answer. See <laughs> I do want to steal you, Paulo. But um, my answer, I think, will also be useful for anyone else that's in this situation. If if you're in this situation if you're uh, based in Europe, I would highly suggest applying for the EMEA program. And the reason for that is because the EMEA program was made to be convenient for people who are in the EMEA region. Our calls are on European time zone business hours. Um, obviously, our retreat that we were just talking about, that's going to be in London this year. So that's going to be easier to get to. Um, the other founders are in the region. It's just, it's just more convenient overall if you're in that region. Of course, you can definitely apply for Americas, but I think it'll be a better fit for you Um, so Paula, if you want to reach out to me, uh, let me know your, your company name. I can, um, I can switch that over. Switch that
1: for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will say Uh, like whatever one you're applying for, by the way, it can totally be changed. Like we'll have these mm -hmm. discussions with you during the application or excuse me, during the interview stage. So if you, we have a don't know option in the, the forms, you can also choose that. And then we definitely will reach out and if you're a good fit for Tennessee, talk about which program works better for you. Essentially, they're the same program, the time zone our calls are, on, are scheduled on are different. So Alex's calls are gonna be, like you said, convenient for folks who are in the EMEA regions. The calls that I schedule are gonna be convenient for America's, anyone in the world can, can apply. So folks in the APAC region, we don't have an accelerator just yet for the APAC region. So folks in Australia, Japan, New Zealand, they have been joining Seed, generally on the America side of things, and then the calls are kind of at really inconvenient hours. We have people who are joining us at 5 a.m. If you want to join, um, someday or we'll get there. Watching the recordings, but we have the recordings, yeah. So everything yeah. is recorded, and nothing is mandatory to join. So even folks who are in the America's batches, if you're super busy, they they can uh, not attend the calls live and just review the recordings afterwards. So all of that works for us. But really, if you want to attend the live calls, which we recommend because they're really fun, uh, then that's where the differences in the program really lies.
2: Yeah, and I just I just remember to I know you mentioned Paulo that you're incorporated in the U.S. I think um, just to mention that's fine as well. You you can be part of the Amia program and, and incorporated in mm-hmm. the U.S.
0: For sure, Ryland on YouTube asks, do you expect successful applicants to focus all their professional resources on the company on their startup? In other words, can candidates still have day jobs? Alex Tracy. Yes. I was gonna say, yes.
2: Um, (laughs) yeah, well, one of the things we ask is that, um, if you're accepting the tiny seed that at least one founder in the company is full time in the business by the time the program starts, um, you know, hopefully one of our hopes is with the funding that that'll help take care of any financial concerns you have, but really we believe that the program will be able to better serve you if you're able to focus, uh, solely in your business and really dedicate all of your energy to it. We're going to be giving you a lot of information, a lot of resources, uh, and you'll be able to grow faster if you're able to dedicate
0: if that you, energy. If, if all With all the info we give you, if you work on nights and weekends, you're going to be overwhelmed. You're not going to be able to keep up. So uh, we do tend to fund, it's not a direct formula based on the number of founders, but if you have one founder go full-time and one not, we will you will get less money. You will get a lower valuation than if both go full-time. And we have had all those situations happen where we've had, you know, one founder go full-time and one not. Mm-hmm. Adam, on Yeah, YouTube. so
1: apply. Such so one last thing. Just apply if you're, even if you're not in a situation, if you're not full-time, feel free to apply. And yes. we'll have that conversation with you. Yeah. We'll learn your plans. And then we can, you know, talk about, you know, how, what the schedule should be for you and your company if we give you an offer. So, yeah. you know, Definitely apply if you're part-time, definitely apply. If you're not you're working full-time, anything like that, definitely apply.
0: Yep. Adam on YouTube asks, what is the process once you have shortlisted the most, most suitable applications? Tracy, what do we do with the shortlist? Whew,
1: let me do the, the full rundown of the, of the process. So all the applications come in, And then the four of us, Alex, Tracy, Rob, Anar, uh, we all go through and we rate them um, internally. And then that kind of helps us determine the folks who move on to the next stage, which is a um, initial interview with either Alex or myself. And so, of course, I take the ones that are going in the Americas direction and Alex takes the ones that are going into the EMEA direction. And we kind of split the folks who are brancher. After that initial application um, interview, that initial interview, uh, then for folks who are still a good fit, then they move on to the call with Rob and Anar. And after that call, we are generally able to make a determination between the four of us of folks who are good fits for a tiny seed and will receive an offer.
0: There it okay, is. I missed. Okay. <laughs> ah, I think you're good. Um, let's see. I don't know. Do we disclose this? Tracy Slav on YouTube asks, how many AWS credits does the AWS partnership provide?
1: We don't disclose it. I don't think we can due to yeah, our agreement with AWS. The but I will say that if you look up AWS, like if there's public AWS credit programs,
0: ours is higher. And that's why we can't say mm-hmm.
2: it. <laughs> so <laughs> because, People are usually pretty happy with uh, yeah, the amount.
0: Exactly. Amir on YouTube asks, I'm doing AI automation for e-commerce operations. Are you still investing in the e-com space? Alex McQuaid, are we investing in the e-com space?
2: As long as you're a SaaS, yes. There it is. There you go. I mean, straightforward. Absolutely. David on
0: YouTube, do you back solo founders who are building part-time due to go full-time soon? Yes, Yes, right? we love
1: solo founders. Love solo founders. I, I, I like we've mentioned mm-hmm. that quickly. You know, yeah. there's some other accelerator programs out there. that are like, you must have a co-founder. We're not that one. We love solo founders. Um, <sighs> we love multiple founder teams, of course, as well. And that's actually another part of our, that blog post I keep mentioning, the one that's best fit startups for tiny seed. We talk about the number of founders. So solo founders are awesome. They're if you're at like four founders and up, then um, we might have more questions Starts for you. Should be a
0: lot. Yeah, yeah. But there's we, some uh,
1: things there, but solo founder is great. You're going to go full time at some point. That's great.
0: Yeah, and I think if I were to guess, I'd guess sixty or seventy percent of the companies mm-hmm. we have funded have are single founders. Mm. And I, I think, think it's just the
1: value of the program because you know, like I said, yeah. the number one value of the program is that community that's within other founders. And as a solo founder, having a community of fellow founders is hugely valuable. Like, a, it's a great benefit for the program because it's really lonely being a solo founder.
2: Right, that's and what I was also, thinking too. Yeah.
0: It's also the Microcom community as a whole. We, you know, we do the state of independent SaaS, and I it's somewhere between fifty and sixty percent of microconf tiny seed type companies are single founders mm-hmm. and that's very different than the the venture capital landscape yeah julius on youtube asks if a business was built on using a current white label SaaS platform would that be considered too much platform risk to apply what do you think alex
2: Ooh, that's a tough one the business is built on our current uh I, found that I, love, too,
0: I love putting Alex <laughs> on the spot. This is my favorite. Yeah, I, thing. Know,
2: I, I think it's a little, <laughs> like, uh, let me reread that one. Um, it's not
0: too much. If in doubt, fill it out. Yeah, yeah it definitely I apply. This,
2: we I think will, it depends
1: yeah, good, on the program, the, the pl- platform too. Yeah, it
0: does. We should just call that out in your application, please, so that we see it. Don't try to hide it. Don't make us dig it up. Just say this is built on this white label platform and then we'll have a conversation about it. In my opinion, it is not too much platform risk to apply. We've have folks with as much or more platform risk who have gotten into the program, and it's just about managing that and understanding that risk is there, and figuring out ways as you grow to uh, to mitigate it. Jacob on YouTube, what's the difference between tiny seed and a traditional VC firm? That is one all of right. my favorite questions. You want you want to kick this I'm, off? I'm grabbing seat? it. I'm all super right. Excited. Do it.
1: I th- the number one difference, I think, is the optionality that you get with Tiny Seed as compared to a traditional VC firm. Like we, folks coming into Tiny Seed, uh, if you want to continue bootstrapping after taking our investment, that's totally great. A lot of VC firms, they want you to go in and, you know, raise money from them and then make plans for your seed and make plans for your Series A and then make plans for this. And then you're like, you're on this constant accelerator, accelerated process of always raising money and it's it, i think was it 60 to 70% of the companies that go through tiny seed uh go back to maybe semi bootstrapping or um still being like say indie in the, indie in the state of mind uh mm-hmm. while you know, taking tiny seed money and then not raising further money that does mean that there are some companies that go on and raise further Im- investment that's awesome too um set, uh is Uh, your partner in crime, if you want to raise more money and he will, you know, walk you through that process and help you out and help. And we have resources within Tiny Seed to help people raise the next round of money if they want to do that. We're also totally happy if your plans is to go big and sell. That's great. Let us know that, you know, we have, uh, I I want to emphasize the go big part. So if, if you want to come into Tiny Seed and sell as fast as possible, you know, there might be some issues I know Rob, do you want do you have a better way of explaining that part?
0: Yeah, I mean, basically venture capital. You, ambish- you
1: have to be ambitious. Yeah.
0: You, yeah, we have to be you want to be an ambitious bootstrapper. I mm-hmm. mean, if you want to build a half a million dollar ARR company and that's amazing, you should go do that. But Tiny Seed can't invest, right? We want you to uh, be at least shoot for at least uh, a million, two million in ARR. And frankly, to not sell too early, if you want to sell for two or three million dollars, that doesn't provide an adequate return for our investors. We are a two-sided marketplace. You know, we have LPs (laughs) who invest and they're taking a big risk by funding, you know, B2B SaaS companies in the early stage. And then we have founders who we're giving the money to. And so um, basically, but but here's the difference. If you take venture money. They pretty much won't invest if there's not a potential for you to be a billion-dollar outcome. Right. Half, half a billion, a billion. I mean, we would be, our, I, I like to think of our minimum as around a $10 million exit if you decide to sell. 10, 20, that, that works, right? We'd love to see 50 million. But, yeah, if you sold for 10 million, well, all right, cool. That's good. Like, good for you and good for us. If, if you did that as, if you raise venture money and do that, they're going to be mad. That's not yeah, the outcome they're exactly. looking for, right? Mm-hmm. So the outcome is one. We also allow our companies to run profitably. If you wanted to run profitably for a decade and pull out profits, that's an option, Mm -hmm. right? Completely different. No venture fund would let you do that. Uh, We also run this year-long accelerator with all the support we've talked about. Venture funds do not do that, right? They write you a check and then they sit on your board and they'll give you some advice. But the amount of involvement we have is 10 times what you'd get from a typical VC firm. In addition, venture funds in the U.S. fund Delaware C-Corps. That's it. If you want to be any other entity, don't bother. You have to convert. We fund C-Corps, we fund LLCs, and we fund a select group of, I'll say, non-U.S. entities, um, Mm -hmm. right? Like London, not London, but UK Limited. There's there's a couple countries that we have. Germany. And that is not the case with venture. They will do Delaware C-Corps. So I think those are the main differences. Yeah.
1: I mean, in addition to everything else, um, the the program I think we talked about a lot, but if you're, you know, the plans you have as a company, I think are uh, you have a lot higher, like a lar- larger range of options with TinySeed.
0: Good question coming up from Kaloyan on YouTube. What does the access to mentors look like? Do we do calls? Do we have direct communication? Can we send emails? How much are the mentors
2: involved? Why do I steal this one? Do it. Because I love to gush about our mentors. Uh, so there's two ways that mentors are involved. One, in our batches and two uh, one-to-one. So I'll cover the group aspect first. Uh, after we finish the playbook part of the program in the first six weeks where uh, every other week we're covering a different topic that is uh, essential to SaaS growth. Those are hosted by Robin Aynar. We'll
1: we say it's we more trans- than six weeks because it's every other week. I think it's
2: like three months. I'm sorry, I say six sessions every other <laughs> there week. Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we move on to uh, mentor calls. And so every continuing every other week, Tracy and I will be scheduling calls with one of our mentors who will come on and talk a little bit about their uh, their subject of expertise, but also answer questions from the batch. So this is a great time to come with a long list of questions. Maybe it's a marketing um, mentor and and you can share, you know, like issues you're having with your marketing plan. Um, hypothetical questions and and kind of get some feedback
1: like yesterday i did a call with april dunford who's the author Mm -hmm. of obviously awesome and like the premier positioning expert so she came on yesterday uh and you know was able to take positioning questions from um all Tennessee founders and it was it was awesome
2: yeah and the groups are a great way because hearing other founders questions is super useful usually things come up that you may not have thought of off the top of your head, but is definitely useful in the future. Uh, but on top of that, we also have one-on-one connections with the mentors. Uh, so usually we, what we recommend doing is using this um, part of the program is when you're facing a specific challenge, maybe a roadblock, um, or you're you're taking on a new initiative within the business, uh, and you need some insight from a mentor that'll help you kind of uh boost ahead and, and save all the, uh, the weeks, months of figuring it out on your own, that's a great time for it, to reach out to Tracy and I, and we'll we'll hook you up with a mentor. Um, these can be, often they're calls, um, sometimes they're emails. It depends on the mentor and their availability. Yeah, Most there's some folks on our
1: Slack, that they'll do DMs, yeah.
2: Yep. Um, our mentors are all volunteers. They're also running, you know, their own businesses. Um, so we try to facilitate uh, based on their availability, but they're super generous with their time. Um, and they'll jump on and provide uh, advice, feedback. And the goal there is, is like I said, to help you uh, save time and and not yeah. have to go through so much of the uh, what you normally would <laughs> have to do on yeah. your own. You know? Alex
1: and I have like – we have – you know, one of our our top role, uh, both of our roles is really to make sure that founders get the information they need. And so we've built a whole slew of systems to, you know, juggle these really amazing mentors, making sure that, that folks have really quick access to all the mentors when they need it, um, ways to redirect requests if there's a mentor who's not available at that time because the folks are, you know, can be busy because we have such really amazing mentors. Like we have that, the processes that we've built <laughs> for this mm-hmm. are quite extensive. And it's also we can make sure that the founders have the best experience possible.
2: Yeah. yeah. And you don't even have to know what mentor you need. You can just mm-hmm. come to Tracy and I and say, I'm struggling with this. Like, what should I do? Who should I talk to? And and we'll take it from there. We'll connect you with the best uh, resource, the person who will will help you move forward. Right.
0: And that's one of the big benefits that I think people maybe don't understand is how deep our mentor network is. And there has not been, I can't think of a topic that we haven't found someone for, for them to talk There's to. There's some, even some, if, been some niche ones, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> really niche. So We've all
1: had like, as a team, like the four of us have had to like put our brains together brainstorm. and really work through, yeah.
0: Yep. And that's the thing is you don't underestimate, as a founder, don't underestimate how many weeks or months... The right advice at the right time can save mm-hmm. you. That I, my sales, yeah, I'm not closing shortcuts. as many sales mm-hmm. demos. Exactly. It's a cheat code, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, show me, send me a video of your demo, well, review it. Oh, well, here's like four things you're doing wrong. And it's like, boom, changes the trajectory of the business. You know, it's, it's stuff like that. Copy, there's design, you know, Tracy, I know you did design teardowns, all kinds of stuff. We, questions are coming in faster than we're answering. So I'm going to, we're going to lighten round lightning. it a little bit. We yeah. always
2: worry about this, but <laughs>
0: I know. So Jacob on YouTube asks, if we are accepted into the accelerator and are Successful? Are we eligible to come back and raise through the syndicate in the future? Absolutely, yes. You're eligible to raise through the syndicate now if you wanted, assuming you meet our requirements. Or
1: that's a great path. Like we have. If like you're a tiny company, system. yeah, that's we, the point.
0: That's we, one mm-hmm. of the points. One of the reasons we started the syndicate was to be able to help you with follow-on funding. Shavkat on YouTube asks, "Would you accept an application for a B two B SaaS where the business and the customers are outside of the U S? It's a health tech app, and the U S has laws." And similar product already. Hence, we are targeting APAC. Customers in the business outside of US, I'm seeing nods of agreement. Yes. Absolutely. We common. have done that. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, the challenges you're going through a billionaire company in terms of finding customers and working on your pricing and learning the sales process and going into price sales, like that's all app, like universal for B2B SaaS. <laughs> the question
0: from Rebu And I'm going to, it's a two-part question. Well, they ask it as one part. They say, hi, we recently received a grant, but our MRR is less than $500. Could we apply to Tiny Seed and get through? And I want to break that into two questions. If you have received a grant and you want to apply to Tiny Seed, yes, we have actually funded companies that have non-equity grants, basically from their government, from a a competition or whatever. So yes, if you're less than 500, I'd say, and you want to apply, apply. The odds of you... Getting funding through us are are a lot lower. We generally encourage people to be 500 and up, but you could certainly do it. We have some folks who apply for the experience of applying, right? You actually learn stuff about your business.
1: Yeah, on one of questions. the questions we ask mm-hmm. is, if you applied before? And what Alex and I do is go and find your previous application and link them. So we have that full set of history. So if you applied before, you know, very likely we're going to get a, an email saying that not, not right now, but then you apply again, when you're there, we have that history and arguably it tells, you know, it can tell a really good story. Right. I'm not going to say it's going to increase your chances of getting in, but you know, we've had, was it Tony Chan of cloud forecast applied four times, I three think four. before yeah. three or four times before mm-hmm. getting in. And because we had, we can see that journey that he took and like the progress. And then at that last time it was like, we can't say no, like, this is great. Like
2: yeah, I think some He's people a, worry that having been, having p- applied again is a negative in our mind, and it mm, absolutely oh, is not. Please, a huge not. bonus. Yeah, 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 we love to see it. So it, mm-hmm. if you've applied before, do not, do not hesitate.
0: Yep, we have funded many, many companies on their second or third or mm. maybe even some fourth. I mean, so, yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ Enzo asks, any chance of the APAC accelerator starting this year? No chance of that. DJ, the, the economy
1: start. didn't go in the right direction for that. <laughs>
0: it's not. Yeah, there's a there's so much to be done there. So we want it, but not there yet. Yep. Web developer ninja asks: Any Azure credits as part of your perks?
2: Oh, I was just researching this. Um, we have a. I don't remember the. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but there's a. Um, we have a link to that. Yeah, in our in our
0: perks. So we do we do have perks. Uh, Azure.
2: I think perks. Yes. Alex, you just set that it's, up, right? Yeah, it's a. It's more of a. It's a universe. I can share more information, but yes, um, cool. you mm-hmm. you would qualify for Azure credits. through. If you go
1: to tinyseed.com slash perks dash overview, it has logos for everyone we have in our perks page. I'm probably missing some, but there's a lot, which is why I was like, do we have that one? Because we have so many perks at this point, mm-hmm. I've forgotten who we Can't have. remember.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tempesta Media asks, we are larger than your 50k MRR sweet spot. We are growing 50% a year, we are very interested in the accelerator portion of the value. Our company is greater than forty or fifty k, still accepted. Absolutely, we have accepted companies. Uh, again, we accepted a company accelerator at a hundred. We've had multiple in the. We have had several in the like seventy to eighty thousand range. I think there our is no average
1: cap. is eighteen, and our median might be a little lower, but like it, it's all over
0: the place. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, please apply. We'd love to chat with you, DJ Enzo. Do solo founders. Or founder startups with awards get an edge. I don't think either of those would give you an edge. We like solo founders, but mm-hmm. if, if you were a one-person or a two-person team and you have the same numbers and the same business, uh, to me, it's it's all the same. And awards, I don't... awards. Don't we don't ask anymore. for that. Mm-hmm.
1: We, I don't think I've ever asked anyone about our awards. I mean, it's great. It tells a great story. And if the award, especially if it... Um, Say it's an industry award for something that you're building, and that could be proof of, you know, your, your company's growing at so-and-so, but then you have this award and it really shows that, you know, your industry is really into what you're building. You know, that could be a factor in our decision.
0: Paulo asks, our company is an infrastructure-as-a-service provider since Tiny Seed is an Amazon partner, they are our biggest competitor. Are we still eligible? <laughs> That's
1: a funny question. That's a funny question. Well, Amazon has no insight whatsoever in what we're doing, especially any yeah. big company. <laughs> I only know they know we exist, other yeah. than the fact that you know they have a perks program and they email me. That's it. Yes,
0: you are you are eligible. Please apply, mm-hmm. Chris. Ooh, we might we might end early on this one. We we got a good lightning round going. Two lightning, Chris <laughs> Bach on YouTube. Do you take post revenue startups? So bootstrapped and have revenue that really need more connections and advice. Yes. That's why we're here. That's one of our, <laughs> that's one yeah. of our big value props. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we're not, what we're not going to do is we get this question now and again, can I go to the accelerator and not take any funding? And it's like, No because we're not a we're not a non nonprofit we're not a charity you know i mean the part of this is that we need to we're have that an upside. two-sided
1: marketplace <laughs>
0: exactly we need, <laughs> we need to have an upside um and so we give you six figures in in u s d you know in order to uh to have a, a bit of equity but absolutely connections and advice mentorship uh, these but are i will
1: say a shout out to microconf because we have microconf connect which i um the program's uh uh, take a read on the MicroConf side of things, the MicroConf conferences. So if you want to have access to something that's similar to TinySeed in terms of the advice and the focus, MicroConf um, is the way you can get that without having to go through the accelerator or get investment.
0: Gokul cool. Madan asks, do you have any companies that have applied to TinySeed in the past that are only enterprise sales? Or does TinySeed even make sense for a pure enterprise SaaS app? yes indeed we, we love
1: enterprise,
2: enterprise. Like, please apply <laughs> <laughs> <It's Yeah>. great <laughs> high touch of, low touch yeah. as long as you're we're BBA. not going to push
1: people into what they don't want to do but i will say yeah. a lot of folks come into tiny seed and then they start their enterprise program because <laughs> yeah, yep. there's a yeah, lot of a value point. in having yeah. enterprise yep
0: it's a big uh i would say it's part of a i was gonna say it's a big focus but look at we have we also have like low touch no touch funnels that's great too mm-hmm. um we service, we are but it's like agnostic. overwhelming,
1: right? Which is why there's a lot of information there in terms of how to run enterprise side things. So there's just so much to learn. So we have a, a part of the program that focuses on you know helping people launch those programs and know how to do it right because it can be like a huge value add. Like it, in terms of you know once you move your contract values upwards, it makes a lot of things easier when you, with your business.
0: Yeah, Web Developer Ninja asks, do you fund teams that use offshore engineering talent? Yep. Alex. Odd.
2: Yeah. Yep. And, and also a, a good clarification here, too, is uh a side question we sometimes get. You do not need to be a technical founder or have a technical founder. It we're we're fine with non-technical founders as well.
1: We do ask like one of the questions on the application is who's who's the coder? We're just curious about how it works mm-hmm. in your team. And so and a totally acceptable answer is offshore development team.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Now I will say personally, so again, we all have our own criteria. There's four of us. I prefer. I, if you have a technical founder, you have a slight edge in my rankings. But we have funded many folks, and it has that. to
1: do with you know the speed at the which the business can execute. Yeah. When you have a technical right. co-founder, it's a lot faster to get things done than when if you have to go through an offshore team. Um, but we do have companies in tiny seed who who go that path.
0: LJ asks. Can you, uh, he's, he, Here they ask, how do you UK residences register their SaaS company? That one, I would say, go to ChatGPT or Google and type that in because I don't know. <laughs> I have never done it. Most people, companies who apply already have an entity, but there are, there's a chunk that don't, and they, they incorporate, we make an offer, they incorporate uh, in their, mm-hmm. you know, local region or where, you know, in whatever, um, so you don't have to be
1: incorporated before applying. Like yeah. you, you do have to incorporate it, it in order nice. to accept the investment, yes. and we will, you know, if you're, you haven't have it, if you don't have it set up, and you don't have uh, contacts, you know, we have gone through and researched like lawyers and things. like We will have some things to help you out in terms of getting to make sure that deal gets done. Um, but we, don't, it's not like a part of the program is the incorporation aspect.
0: And LJ asked, uh, can you help with an AI business if you're B two B SaaS and you? I have some component of AI. I mean, yeah, B2B SaaS is B2B SaaS, right? It's still solving a problem, finding more customers who need that problem and all the other stuff, all the blocking and tackling around that. So
1: yeah, AI Yeah, Spring or not, 22 batch had a lot of AI. And this is actually before the big, like AI really exploded, you know, what, six months ago. Um, so we actually did this whole, uh, round of of investing in a bunch of AI businesses before really big, which I think was like good on us, you know, we we're already going in that direction. Um, but yes, they are all at the core though, B2B SaaS.
2: We were into AI before AI was cool.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Kenneth from LinkedIn asks, we're incorporated in the US, but activities in Africa, in Nigeria. So I'm assuming that's where their customers are. Which will be the best program to apply to?
2: No, of, I quiet. think it's based on where you're located. I'm I, I was talking down. a little earlier about that. If, yep. if you're in the U.S., I would recommend applying for the Americas program. If you're anywhere in the Europe, Middle East, or Africa region, um, so in Nigeria, if, you are, if you're located in Nigeria, then please apply for uh, EMEA. Yeah,
1: where wherever you want to spend your time, time zone-wise, mm-hmm. I guess, with our uh, education and our calls.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Code Shark asks, hey guys, I hope you're having a good morning. Do you fund applications in the marijuana space? And I'm going to say we have not, but I believe we can. I don't know. I would honestly have to talk to our legal and like look at our own documents. I'm, we're not opposed to doing it. Uh, it would only be if there was something in our charter that says we can't fund
1: we have heavily considered one in the past. That's right. I got to our mm-hmm. and I apologize to this, that company if they're watching this. Um, that you know they know who they are. That we got very close and then it didn't work out. But it wasn't due to the fact that that's it was a business in the cannabis industry.
0: It was due to other factors. Right. So I guess that's a yes then. All right. Ranma asks. We collect revenue on behalf of our clients. They are other SaaS providers, and we offer additional services like consultation and onboarding. We are evolving a traditional system. Could we be considered? Not sure. I fully understand that, yeah. but I if so it's maybe mostly, they're consulting
1: now, and then they're starting to
0: build their SaaS side like a product. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. it depends. Honestly, like I would, we are going to judge what you the SaaS part you have. So if you haven't done, if you don't have anything that's software revenue that people are paying for a tool. Then we're not going to fund a consulting agency or consulting firm or whatever. But if consulting is 70% of your business and SaaS is 30%, and that 30% SaaS is up to 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, like that's we evaluate that piece of it. And it's a nice bonus that you have the consulting revenue because that is runway. So that's where it kind of depends how far along the, the SaaS piece is, if in doubt fill it out. Craig on YouTube, I'm building a Euro travel tool to help people plan trips. And I also want to have a tour guide marketplace. Does tiny seed work with travel related startups? So there's two questions here, because yes, we will absolutely work with travel related right. startups, as long as you are B2B and your B2B SaaS, All right? If you're two sided marketplace, and you charge a, a, charge a subscription to businesses, we would consider it if most of your revenue or your focus is on B2C and it's on consumers planning their trip. Uh, the odds are lower, much lower, that we would. And consider. again,
1: it's because of the program. You're not going to get as much out of the program because we don't have any focus on the kind of the consumer side of things. So you know, it's not like we don't think your business can't be wildly successful. It absolutely can. Whoops, um, absolutely can be wildly successful. Huge chance of that kind of business. It just doesn't make sense for the
0: program. We have such a focus on that. But I would say, Craig, if you're in doubt, at, apply mm-hmm. and put this. A lot of times a,
1: people are planning on building a B2B side of things anyways. Right. You know, We
0: have yeah. funded mm-hmm. a couple B2C-focused where they had started the B2B side and gotten enough traction that it was like, oh, that business is interesting to us. And then the B2C revenue is a nice bonus because it's runway, right? It's much like having consulting and pivoting in. Thanks for that question, Craig. Fahad on YouTube is there a downside to incorporating in the u s as an international founder and targeting a global market such as uh, for example taxes I, I don't know you would honestly need to I, it depends on what country you're in and how they treat it and I would say talk to a lawyer i don't know that yeah. I can give advice on this
1: there are like upsides upsides in terms of um, you know incorporating the u s as a you know an a like c corp i I'm not an expert on this. Was it? QSBS is a huge upside for, yep. and I out why. Um, I just know that's the word that people bring up when they say C Corp and why that's it. You don't yeah. pay taxes
0: if you hold it for five years. There's some stuff around there. Yeah, you, And then there's also wanna, selling. Yes. Yeah, so if you right? want to exit later, uh, you, so many more buyers will consider a, um, a U.S. entity. And raising any type of follow-on funding, it's much more difficult if you're not a U.S. entity. But that's, those are the trade-offs you'd have to make. All right, Kareem asks. I wanted I wanted to ask, what do you think about cybersecurity in sa in the SaaS business? Do you fund to such platforms? Uh, yes, we funded several mm-hmm. security related. Again, you know, if you're full on consulting, a lot of these are a lot of security companies that apply are consulting companies that want to get into software. And if you have zero software revenue, then we're not going to fund a consulting firm. But we have funded several that are a mix or that are Fully blown security, cybersecurity, SaaS. DeliverTech asks, do you fund startups that finance vehicle assets for logistics and transportation? If you are B2B we will. we have funded. Go to we have so
1: t- many niches. Yes, <laughs> go to tinystreet.com slash
0: portfolio. And... 105 companies 107 companies we have funded in so many niches so mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes and yes if you're b2b SaaS, yes yeah it, i was talking does, with april with our
1: call with april dunford yesterday and and she specifically called out how she loved all, all the um the different CRMs that we have like a crm for this and a crm for that and a crm for this and it's because there's so much opportunity uh in each of these individual spaces but like we have such a range already in tiny and yes to you know b2b SaaS, you're good
0: that might be another way that we're different than a traditional venture firm is a lot of venture firms focus on something, right? They focus mm-hmm. on network effects and they only fund network mm-hmm. businesses or they focus on biotech or something. We, Our focus is B2B SaaS, which is very broad. And so that does give us the opportunity to uh, invest in these types of companies. DeliverTech had another question, but it was basically, it was similar. Like, do you fund startups that do XYZ? Um, Brett, asks, if we are applying to Tiny Seed for a second time, is there a way to get a copy of our prior application? It's a great question, actually. Yeah. Um, send me an email uh, or
1: hello, hello at tinyseed.com or tracy at tinyseed.com. Send me an email and I can get that too.
0: All right. I- Think at the sound of the bell. That was our
1: last. I love question. how it was like it right a wrap up right at the yeah at the moment. Yeah,
2: I didn't think we were gonna pull it off, but I we know, did. I was I was
1: <laughs> Talk we, faster, we, guys.
0: We've been down this road before, and we always make it. So yeah, thanks everyone well, so much for joining. Hopefully us.
1: Hopefully, you got a got a feel for us. I you know one of the reasons why I like doing these things is that um, I don't know. Like I feel like the Tiny Seed brand is that we're we're are serious professional people with a large healthy healthy heaping amount of goofiness like mm. we're kind of dorky weird people and I think this is a great way to, to get to know us as a team um, not to mention like get to know the program I think the, the tiny seed team itself like we are really wonderful friendly people and I hope you um, kind of feel for us as well
2: yes. and send us an email if
0: you have any questions we love getting yeah. emails hello at tinyseed.com. dot com yeah it's amazing and say hi him. to Alex <laughs> he, yeah he I'll probably answer it so I yeah. love it <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed So thanks for joining us today. looks like we had a great turnout, a lot of great questions. It was amazing. Obviously, feel free to ask follow-ups. Hopefully you apply this time or maybe next time, but we look forward to uh, checking out your application and getting to know you a bit more. From me, Alex, and Tracy, thanks, y'all. See you next time. Bye.